How do you measure the impact of a shepherd? It's by the growth and development of the sheep. You're listening to Braving Bad Bosses with Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler, where we discuss how to survive a bad boss and not be one. Welcome back to season three of Braving Bad Bosses. This season, we are talking about how to break the cycle of bad bossing. After spending two seasons looking at both the horror stories of terrible things that bosses have done in the lives of some of our listeners, and then also talking about a list of things that we wish bosses would do that they're not doing, we settled in this season to look at ways to break the cycle. What are some of the most important things we can be doing as as leaders or future leaders to uh, break the cycle of bad bossing that is so epidemic in the U.S. and probably everywhere else as well? This is your host, Jeff DeWolf, and I am flying solo for most of this season. My partner, Todd Chandler, has graciously allowed me to use this season to talk about these topics that are very important to me, that are a core part of of my business at Wolf Prairie. Each of these weekly podcast episodes kind of corresponds to a module in my real-life leadership program and also to a chapter in the book called Leaders Lead, which came out in December of 2019. Okay, so the topic today is about developing people. And at first glance, that seems a little bit boring, I'll be honest. I looked at growth and development plans as a significant paperwork exercise. And uh, most of my career, I spent avoiding doing these. I did not do a very good job of devoting time to thinking through what my people need to get better in various ways. But, you know, I've learned. I've learned a lot that that was a very inappropriate thing to do as a manager. And a sign of of a good manager, like the intro said, a sign of a boss who cares is whether or not you leave your people better off than you found them. It's a focus on development, not just on results. So growth is important. There are statistics that are coming out that show growth as very, very important. Matter of fact, some studies are showing that growth is a top reason that people leave companies. In other words, if there's a lack of growth opportunities, people are quitting, you know, to find a place that will help them develop. On the flip side of that, providing opportunities for growth is a major reason that people choose a company to work for in the first place, especially among millennials in the younger generation. They are showing even more desire for growth and development than even those in my generation, in Generation X or even before that. So growth is extremely important. It's not something that we can ignore, you know, even if it's in our best interest to keep our people and keep them happy. Focusing on growth and development is going to be an important element in making that happen. Okay, so secondly, I want to mention that growth and development plans are not just an HR paperwork process. I mentioned that most of my career I spent sort of seeing them as HR paperwork processes. They they should not be seen that way. Please do not see them as a check-the-box exercise or something, God forbid, that you ask your people themselves, just go do, you know, just go pick something from a catalog and let me know what, what it is you want to work on this year. Not a good approach. Not a good approach. They are extremely important. So since this is important, I want to give you a simple framework for planning the development of the people on your team. I have found that if we don't have a decent plan, if we don't know really how to do something, we're, we're very likely to kind of skip it, you know, and kind of procrastinate it away. So here it is. I call it the 3P framework for development plans. The first P is performance. The second P is professional. And the third P is personal. So without going into a lot of detail, I think they're pretty self-explanatory, but it gives you a good framework to work from. The first one is performance. I always start with performance because if there's something in the performance of an individual that needs to be addressed for their own good, for the, for the sake of the team, then that is what goes into the development plan. You know, that is the first priority. If there's a skill that's missing, if there's something else that needs to be addressed from a performance standpoint, start there. All right. 
you know, if someone is performing at a high level and there's really nothing remedial, you know, they need to be dealing with to, to kind of bring their, their performance up to, to where it should be, you can kind of skip over this. But this is your first place to start. You don't want to jump into, you know, some esoteric skills training if you have a performance gap, right? So that's your first step. Second step is professional. I just include things like anything that are career, that's career-oriented or skill development that has to do with their profession, so, you know, if they're an auto mechanic, then professional development is around getting a new certification, getting, you know, building their skills, maybe getting them um, some additional experience uh, so that they can grow their career. That's really what you want to think of when you think of professional development. And that's one of the things that most people think of when they think of development plans. If they think of those career type development opportunities that you might put into place, similar to a seminar or, or workshops or even continuing education or additional certifications, that kind of thing. Those are professional. The third category, the third P, is personal. And so, you know, this just has to deal with people on a personal level. So this can be personality issues. This can be dealing with conflict. This can be communication Things that are specific to that individual's attributes that may need some attention in the coming year. We all know the kind of person who is at the top of their career, so there's not a lot of room for professional development. Their performance is very, very strong, so there's not really any remedial performance development, but it comes down to personal. You know, help them grow as an individual. Is there something that they want to learn that will help expand them to keep them from stagnating? Um, is there something in their interpersonal behavior that can be addressed, that they can learn about, that they can grow in? Can you send them through a personality assessment or, or a Hogan or, or one of the more complex uh, personal development inventories? These are some of the things that might end up on a person's development plan from a personal category standpoint. So that's the 3P framework for development planning. So give it a try. I think that'll give you something that you can work with as you put something down onto paper. All right, so the next point I want to make is that employees really must own their own development, and that's important. Right, because if we if we prescribe something to employees that they don't buy into, it's it's just not going to work. So the one thing I want to mention at this point is that each person's appetite for growth is different. One size does not fit all. Right, some people have a voracious appetite for growth. They want to grow. They want to continue to grow. They want lots of things on their development plan. Those are the types of people you need to understand that. Um, you need to adjust your planning process you know, to the appetite of each individual. Others will look at you and say, I don't really know what I want to put on my development plan. I don't have anything I'm trying to learn. I'm kind of good right where I am. So that's the kind of person where you're saying, okay, you know what, let's find something. Let's find, let's find something to help you grow a little bit this year in, in an area of interest to you. The point here is that you don't want to go into your planning process thinking, I'm going to come up with five development points for each of the people on my team. No. If you have someone who has a voracious appetite for growth, then four or five things on a plan might be great. If you've got someone who's looking at you like, I don't really want to spend a lot of time messing with this, come up with one or two. Okay, that's the point. Each appetite is different. Related to that is this idea that growth can't be forced. Okay, it cannot be forced. Instead, you have to create an environment that's conducive to growth. I mean, think about it. In the book, I give this analogy of planting a tree. You plant a, a, a small tree in your yard. It's a sapling, right? Um, what do you do? to ensure that it grows into a big shade tree in a few years, right? Well, you, you create an environment conducive to growth. That's all you can do, right? The growth has to come from within the tree. You cultivate the soil, you put in the root stimulator, whatever it is you do, you know, you, you, know, you water it, you take care of it, you create an environment conducive to growth. The one thing you cannot do is take both hands, grip the trunk, and pull upwards to create growth in the tree. It just, it's not going to happen, right? You'll damage the tree, you'll pull it out of the ground. 
Same thing with people. We need to create an environment for growth. So how do you do that? Here's four quick ways that you can create an environment conducive to growth. Number one, model a growth mindset. If you show them that even at your level, even at the boss level or whatever, you're still focused on, on improving your skills and growing in a new area, learning new things, that's going to go a long way. So let them see you modeling a growth mindset. Number two, destroy the myth of perfectionism. Well, what do I mean by that? In some organizations, there is this idea that performance has to be perfect or you somehow are failing. We need to destroy the myth of perfectionism and, and allow people to make mistakes. We want to make sure people understand that admitting something that, that needs to be uh, improved on, that a having a development area is not the kiss of death. There is no need to be perfect. There is no one that's perfect. But you want to destroy that myth of perfectionism. You want them to continue to grow. You want improvement to be the goal, not perfection. All right. Number three, shift weight to development so that it's not all about performance. And you can do that by protecting that development plan from being pushed aside every time performance kind of takes over. Protect the plan. Shift weight to development. Make completing those tasks just as important as completing the, the other performance or the results-oriented things on a performance plan. Okay? Number four, provide structure to shape the growth. All right, so what do I mean by that? When you think of growth, you think of if you plant a garden or anything else, oftentimes you need to use a lattice. I love this analogy of lattice because if you've ever planted something like, you know, zucchini or, or any kind of vining plant, lattice gives it a structure. It kind of keeps it contained. Otherwise, it just grows willy-nilly, right? So provide a structure just like you'd provide lattice for growth. And what is structure? Structure is basically this. It's saying, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to make sure there's budget. I'm going to make sure there's time. I'm going to provide some guidelines for what the development can look like. You can choose from within a set of things or whatever the case may be. Providing some structure around it so that people don't just pick and choose whatever it is they want to grow in and then just run off kind of in every direction. So providing structure for growth is both providing that guidance, but it's also providing the tools that they need to grow. Right? So you can't just say, hey, I want, you know, want development to be important, but then not provide any budget or any resources. All right. So those are the four things that you can do to help create an environment conducive to growth. Okay, so I know I'm going very quickly through this, but there is one more thing that I want to mention before we wrap up. And that is when it comes to creating development plans for your people, you need to be Socratic, not autocratic. All right? You need to be Socratic, not autocratic. What do I mean by that? What I mean is you got to follow the idea of Socrates, the Socratic method, the Socratic coaching method of, of asking questions, right? You ask questions of people to try to lead them to the plan that needs to be developed for them, right? So when you ask a question like, hey, um, so we're going to get ready to do some development planning. I want you to think about your performance over the last year. And, and is, there, is there anything in your performance that you think you'd like to improve, that you think that you could show some improvement in? What would that be? And just see to see if they come up with something. If you had something in your mind, hopefully they come up with the same thing that you've already been noticing, right? So asking questions about development planning will help the person engage to come up with their own ideas and also make sure that you're not prescribing something that is going to be outside of their learning style as well. So when you say, you know what, I want you to learn this skill. I'm going to send you to this three-day workshop, you know, in Chicago. That may be great for some, but, you know, you may be talking to an individual who, number one, hates traveling, hates Chicago, or hates sitting in class for three straight days and doesn't learn that way, right? So instead of prescribing something like that, you can basically say, I'd like you to grasp this new skill, and we put this on your, your development plan. How would you like to go about, you know, growing in that skill? And let them come back. Maybe they'll say, you know what, I think an online course would be great. 
or there's a virtual learning option. Or they might say, you know, face-to-face -face training is really what I need. I need to go get immersed in it. The point is, is use your questions to create the plan, right? That's the idea. You always want to end up with an employee-driven plan, not your prescription, right? So if you walk out of that room and the employee feels like they're holding a prescription to get better at something, you're going to be limited in your success. You want them walking out going, you know what, I've got a plan that I helped create. That's the idea. Oh, and that's Hell's Bells. And uh, it's almost as if I knew exactly when that would ring. So it's time to wrap up. This season, we're wrapping up each episode by doing a review of what I just said. And I'm doing it in the form of three points to review, five questions to ask yourself, and one action to take right now. Here they are. Let's start with three points to review. Number one, if you're not actively looking for ways to promote growth, development, and even healing in your people, you are not leading as a steward or as a good shepherd might. All right, number two, all people need at least some focus on growth to avoid stagnation, but not all people need or want an aggressive plan. Modify it accordingly. Number three, we don't need a huge training budget to be developers of people, just creativity. You know, I didn't hit that point very much in this episode, but if you think about it, you don't need a huge training budget, right? There are a lot of things you can do, like shadowing, like mentoring relationships, like book clubs. I mean, you can create, you can get creative and find ways to help people grow skills without a massive training budget. All right, so let's move to five questions to consider as we wrap up this episode. Number one, do I have a plan for my own personal development? Do you? You may have a boss that doesn't focus on this, right? But you can. You can focus on your own personal development. Number two, have I modeled a growth mindset by sharing with my team the things I'm working on as a leader, a professional, or as a person? That is a, that's a great thing to do. Um, talk about what you're doing to grow as a leader. Um, model that. Number three, am I going to leave my people better off than when I found them? That to me is my mantra when it comes to development. When I come in and I manage a group of people, when I leave or they leave, will they say, man, I grew. You know, I grew under that person's leadership. Number four, am I focused more on my next job, my next team, or my next opportunity more than I am on the people under my care right now? That one hurts. That's, that's kind of the story of my life, to be honest. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about my next assignment, uh, and I should have been spending more time thinking about the people that I was managing at the time. Number five, do I take my role as a steward of my organization's valuable resources seriously? You know, that's what you are. When you're a leader, you are a steward of organizational resources. Somebody has put you in charge of somebody else's productivity, satisfaction, all that. Do you take it seriously? And finally, one action that you can take right now in the area of developing people. Make it a priority to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with each of your team members and ask this one simple question. If you could learn one new thing, personally or professionally, this coming year, what would it be? And then listen. That's a great thing you can do right now. Starts the dialogue going. And then come back later with your 3P framework and see if you can flesh out a plan for each of your people in the coming year. All right. Well, it's been great um, talking about this topic. It's a topic that's important to me. I hope that it uh, gave you a little bit of something um, that you can put into place. Take it seriously, develop your people, help people continue to grow, and your team, uh, your culture will continue to grow right along with it. With that, let me just wrap up this episode by reminding you that you can break the cycle of bad bossing if you adopt the mindset and skill set of real-life leadership. Leadership.